Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Here with you on a Sunday evening, Monday morning. Glad you've joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Hopefully, and I, I'll keep up with them on social media. I've seen a lot of uh, pictures being retweeted and shared and everything of people doing the Strange Brew experience this weekend. Glad to see that. You know when you come to Starville, it's really not complete without a trip to Strange Brew Coffee House. You've got to get over there at least one morning and get your day started the right way with the great service, the great drinks, and the great stuff that you always get at Strange Brew Coffee House. College Corner, i got to admit... I saw a lot of y'all looking pretty sharp this weekend. I didn't see any of these old raggedy shirts. Makes me think you guys are listening to me and heading over to College Corner, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And, of course, you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Keep the good times rolling. Grab yourself a new shirt, a new hat, something for the car, something for the house. Let the people know that it's maroon and white in your house with College Corner. I drove past Humble Taco a number of times this weekend, and, buddy, it was hopping every single time I did so. Lunch and dinner, the patio was full, people outside enjoying the cool weather, enjoying great food, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. They were looking up and down that menu and finding what they wanted, just like I said you would. I told you it was not going to be possible for you to go to Humble Taco and not come away incredibly impressed. I hope that's going to be the case going forward because, man, what a great spot that is. Over there on University Drive, make sure if you didn't make it to Starkville this weekend, and if you didn't, you missed out. Next time you're up here, make sure Humble Taco is on your list. Before we get into the show, Joel, and I'm sure you'll share this sentiment, I met so many of our listeners this weekend. Everywhere I went, people were saying hello. Really appreciate that. I went to the lounge a couple of times, and, man, it 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 was kind of humbling. To be totally honest, to meet all of you guys, we really appreciate it. I know Joel does as well. I want to say, give a special shout out to my new little buddy Walker, <laughs> who I met in, in the uh, the lounge and wanted to say hello to me. Great to meet him. Those kind of listeners, Brian, mean that we need to. Uh, I think this is more of a you problem than a me problem. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But take the uh, you know you get seven a show. Maybe we take it down a notch. You know, <laughs> I mean, you got young ears. I don't you know? use use that many though. You really don't. I don't. It's I just been think, a while since we had a show where you encroached upon your seven i haven't I, i've never used like a really strong one either you know i mean <laughs> the strongest i ever use on the show is e and that's and, and even really and that starts with an e so you're it good starts with e so yeah I'm, I'm good so great to meet you guys this weekend hope you guys had as much fun on super bulldog weekend as as joel and i did uh covering it our plan for this next couple of days is this let's talk about the spring game tomorrow lot to cover there lot to unpack uh and we had a lot of baseball to talk plus we are behind on recruiting we we've let some commitments get away from us. So we've got to come back on that. So that'll be the second half of the show. Let's start with the the obvious big story. Mississippi State continues its domination of the Ole Miss Rebels on the baseball diamond, taking two out of three. Now 16 of the last 19 have gone to the Mississippi State uh, in this, quote, rivalry, unquote. There is no rivalry, Joel. 
between the hammer and the nail. 16 and 3 over 19 baseball games is complete. And it's not dominance. a fair uh, comparison because you only play once a year in football and you play three, three to four times a year in baseball. But imagine in a 19 year span, 16 and 3. The fan base on the wrong end of that, there would be mass suicide. <laughs> they would just be like, I can't do this anymore. I'm an Alabama fan now. I can't take it. Whichever side it was on. And you know, and it's, it's not like states out there beating up the, you know, like when, when Ole Miss was in football, beating mm-hmm. Croom and company and the yeah. last couple or back years in the, Jackie the 40s or and 50s I mean, when Vault was piling up. Yeah, well, yeah, one side was obviously down. Yeah. It's not like states out there beating some chumps. I mean, yeah. they're, they're beating top 10 Ole Miss teams. Yeah, when you and, and Steve Roberts had pointed that out in, in postgame, and he's, you know, he's, he's right in that I think in 16, no, in 16 they were, they were good. 17 was the year where that, that number one recruiting class, which did nothing, uh, but that was their first year. So I, I don't know if they made the tournament that year or not. Uh, but then, you know, in 18, they were a top uh, top five team. And then last year, they were a top 15 team. And then this year, they were a top 10 team. Yeah. And of course, they didn't play last year. But well, Yeah, yeah, 2020. When I, again, again, yeah, I when I say last year, <laughs> I mean 2019. Um, so, yeah, State has dominated this series. And this is not, this is not Ron Polk's. Ole Miss's teams, all right? This is not those teams in the mid-'80s that just did, they didn't care about baseball. This is you – know, they want to be good at baseball. They've done – they've put a ton of money into it, and State just keeps whipping them pretty much every season. Uh, that's why, you know, Saturday's result to me was so surprising. It had been a long time since I've seen Ole Miss, never mind win the game, just just dominate Mississippi State from start to finish like that. Let's start on Friday. I thought State got a, a good start out of Christian McLeod. And then they got what they needed out of their bullpen. Preston Johnson, in particular, bounced back. He struggled against Auburn the week before, but bounced back nicely. And Friday was basically the MSU formula for victory. Timely hitting and good pitching. And that was enough to get the win. A good win on Friday. It was. Set the stage for the entire weekend. And, you know, as it turned out, with with what Doug was going to – what Doug Nikhazy was going to bring on Saturday, you're darn glad you got the Friday one, but – but you're right. I mean, it was a, a, a perfect scenario for, for State. They they did what they wanted to do. Uh, Christian McLeod was solid. Preston Johnson was good. You had Landon Sims, and, and you had a situation there to use him and use him and, and be able to bring him back later in the weekend, mm-hmm. which finally happened, as we all know by now. But uh, it, it was. I mean, I, I felt going into Friday night that it was going to set the tone for the weekend and – and it did. I mean, you win that game, and it it allows you to have a little breather. Look, at the end of the year, when you look back on this series, if you'd have lost it or whatever, I don't know that it ultimately impacts your long-term goals. Um, but you definitely want to win the series and keep the, the momentum going against Ole Miss. And I just I really did feel like it was going to be key to get this series to win Friday night. And State figured it out. You know, and the offense wasn't great, but it did enough. And and when you got McLeod and you got the bullpen State has and you got Sims at the end, that's all you got to do is enough, and State did. One thing about this weekend that's interesting is how basically Ole Miss got exactly what they wanted from a pitching perspective. They got a long start out of Hoagland and only had to use one reliever. They got a complete game out of Nikhazy. And then they got six quality innings out of uh, Drew McDaniel, who had the lead when he left, was poised to get the win. You would th- think at that point they are perfectly poised to take this series, 
And instead, it goes the other way because State gets timely hitting again, and their pitching yeah. was just uh, – their bullpen was better, and, which is what we thought it was going into the series. And back to Friday night, credit to Cam James, too. Yeah. Who, four plate appearances, four RBI. Yeah. I mean, he drove in a run every time time he got to the plate. Including a monster home run deep into the left field ledge. I think it may have gone close to the loss. And that was a humongous – I'm sorry, out. close to the, to the Hotel Six back there. Oh, gosh. And that was a humongous dinger, too, because it answered uh, yeah. McCants. When did McCants hit the homer yes. in the top of the inning? Yes. And, uh, and Cam comes up there and immediately ties the ball game up when he gets the chance to State get State did a good job of that this weekend outside of Saturday. In the, fr- in the two wins, State answered Ole Miss every time they, they punched scored. They punch back. Yeah. Um, and then, like with Landon Sims, a six-out save uh, for him on Friday night. Just total dominance. Something about him – he's dominant at all times, but him coming out of the bullpen at night – There's a little electricity there that we haven't seen since the Jonathan Holder days uh, at Mississippi State. And uh, it's it's fun. It's fun to be a part of. Um, I I imagine it's not as fun for the opposing fans because, as I I, I stand by it, when you hear Whitesnake, the game is over. There is no coming back at that point. Yeah, I mean, I asked you this in the press box, I guess, on Friday. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's a question that Bear's asking. You got to have one inning and you got to put up a zero. Sims, Lighter, Rocker. Yeah, they're in the same ballpark. It's the same I mean, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, what did I say? I said which inning is it? You said it? which inning? The first inning, I might say lighter. The ninth inning, I'm definitely saying Sims. I mean, and but that says something about Sims. Like the ninth inning is when the pressure's on. You know, anybody anybody can get a one, two, three in the first. For, forget labels or whatever. Just say pitcher. Yeah. For for what their role is, mm-hmm. pitcher. Is he in the? Is he yes. top three in the conference along with the top lighter, three pitchers lighter, in the rocker, conference? And Sims? The top three pitchers in the conference are Lighter, Rocker, and Sims. I think so too. I mean, to me, there's no question about that. Like, if you have those three guys, you're winning a national. And, and Lord have mercy, I don't know how. It's a credit to him because I mean, when you got elite pitching that's looking at coming to Mississippi State, they want their arms protected. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Chris Lamonis is able to not just run him out there and run him like a dog and and, and use him every game. We call that the Riley is, self treatment. Yeah, I mean, it, Lamonis it's because has, you has have sh- so many guys though. It is. It's, it's self- that. But even when you don't though, Lamonis has shown time and time again, whether it's JT Ginn mm-hmm. or whoever, he's always gonna err on the side of caution. You know and who likes to hear that? Parents, of parents kids of those top recruits of those top recruits. Yeah, who can say I can send my son to Mississippi I can trust State. Him. And putting it in sort of harsh terms, I can protect my investment. If my son goes to Mississippi State, he won't get hurt. Yeah. And you can't say that about everybody else. Yeah, I mean, you look at – look, this is not a knock on Mike Bianco. I don't know Doug Nikhazy's situation. I don't know any of all that. Um, he threw a lot of pitches. But, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder in my head when you have a comfortable – like Ole Miss did on Saturday, a comfortable nine nothing lead. Yeah. If State's in that situation with a nine nothing lead, mm-hmm. is Kate Smith pitches the ninth. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think Chris Lamonis leaves Will Bednar out there to get to one hundred to get to one hundred thirty. Pitch. I just don't. He, he's yeah. just not going to do that. I don't think. And, and that's just and, that's just two different philosophies of it, how to run it the is. game. It is, and, and it's two. And look, every guy's different too. It, it may not have bothered Doug Nikhazy in the least, and Nikhazy may know that his parents may know that. Yeah. Bianco may know that. So I mean, it's not hating. It's, it's just. It's a different way of doing it. And, two, I mean, it's not like any of those were high-stress pitches by the end. Those, no, He's no. just out there cruising. So. But I, Chris Lamonis, with his restraint for how he has used Landon Sims up to this point, is amazing to me. And he finally, you know, this weekend 
gets him out there for two appearances in a weekend, and he gets you two saves. Uh, helps you win two ball games, and that's man, that's such a weapon to have. And 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 by the way, he's used him like this. I mean, you got to feel like when you get into regional play, super regional play, Omaha, if you need to use him a couple times over a three-day stretch, he's going to be fresh to do that, and you're you're not just going to be out there on fumes with him. I, I don't know. It's one of the more impressive parts, I think, of Chris Lamonis, how he repeatedly seems to always want to take care of those arms. And, and like you said – when mamas and daddies are looking at sending their boys to Mississippi State, that's something that they'll pay attention to. Yeah. Um, then let's move over to Saturday. And honestly, one of the most dominating pitching performances I've ever seen from an opposing pitcher at Mississippi State. Uh, you mentioned the only other one we could come up with, Bobby, Bobby Dahlbeck. Dahlbeck. And yeah. don't, I hate saying that name, but yes. Uh, but even but Nikhazy was even more dominant. Dahlbeck gave up seven, gave up uh, five hits. In I think that got game. pulled in the ninth. If yeah, I remember he right. got pulled exactly. He he didn't pitch the last. He missed the last batter. He had he pitched eight and two thirds, struck out nine. Nikhazy gave up one hit, only had two walks and struck out twelve, including the last two batters of the game. You talked about Nikhazy's arm; it looked plenty lively. Oh, it did there at the end. State was just they were just out of the game. I mean, Doug just picking and grinning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Ball just flicking off his hand like you wouldn't believe. Um, and then, but offensively, Ole Miss came out locked in. Uh, Will Bednar picked a terrible time to have his worst start of the season. Uh, couldn't locate the fastball. I mean, they were on him. They were on him. No they had way. him, and they had him. And it, from there, everybody else they had the same troubles too. State loses nine nothing. And really, if you had walked out of the stadium on Saturday, you'd have th- you'd have been thinking that it was State was in trouble. Because that's the kind of game that'll screw with your head. Yeah, like you know what we just got embarrassed. So, well, it's two things. So I it, give credit to State for bouncing back on Saturday, on Sunday, but I give a lot of credit for to Ole Miss because State pretty much it's a close game, but State was in control for most of that game on Friday night. And Ole Miss, and if you're Ole Miss, you have to be thinking, "Gosh, what do we have to do to beat these guys?" They came out and did it. Just punch State style, right in the mouth. Right in the mouth. Right in the mouth. You know, it was almost probably. To some degree, easier to stomach getting your butt kicked on Saturday, mm-hmm. as opposed to like getting your heart ripped out or something. Because I, 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 at least for me, back in my high school playing days, it was always easier to kind of say, "Hey, that, just flush it. That, that ain't us." Getting your butt kicked, kind of deal, and and not think about it the next day. There's no hangover really. Sometimes. I mean, I guess it depends on your situation, but sometimes when you get killed, it's just easier to say that was just a bad day and wad it up and throw it in the garbage and come back out the next day. Yeah. And that was... That was I mean, a bad day. And that was exactly what happened. I mean, you face a guy that shoves. Momentum's as good as the next day starting pitcher. You just think, well, hey, we ain't facing the Casey tomorrow. It's a new day. Yeah. And... I mean, McDaniel was good too, and, yeah. and he kept. But but, but Nikhazy was better than. Good. Oh, yeah, he, no he, doubt. I, I would be willing to bet that. I mean, Doug Nikhazy was an, an elite high school player. Obviously, he got a scholarship to one of the best college baseball programs in the country. But I guarantee you, go back to him, high school, junior high, travel ball, little league, whatever. That kid has never thrown a, a game like he's thrown there, and he could pitch another twelve to fifteen years and never throw a game like that again. That was a gem of a game. Yeah, I mean, and I give him all the credit. Braille, SEC a, pitcher of the week, no question oh, about uh, it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Braylon, he's a Braylon Skinner single to center away from a no-no. I, 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 I'm really, I mean, if the, who's playing second for them? I don't, I don't remember. 
But whoever it is, if he takes one, if he's one more step quicker, that's a no hitter. Yeah, is it Leatherwood? Was that? I think that's right. Yeah. Anyway, whoever. Yeah. It was almost a no-no. Almost a no-no. <laughs> As dominant from start to finish, locked in. That was a game where, you know, the first inning was one nothing. You're like, okay, we'll see what happens. By the second inning, you sort of got, you were starting to get the impression it was not going to be Mississippi Yeah, well, State I mean, State. look, you could have put home plate at second base and you would have still lost 9 nothing because yeah. State never got past <laughs> first base. You're right. That's a great point and really funny to think about. Uh, yeah, so that's that was Saturday. Give all credit to Ole Miss for bouncing back, and give a hell of a lot of credit. And I, you know, I got to eat some crow. I, I said that I thought, you know, I, I like State on Saturday because I like Bedner better than Nikhazy. I still think Bedner is the more talented pitcher, and I think the Major League Baseball draft will bear me out on that. But on Saturday, there wasn't any question who was the better guy. That was Doug Nikhazy. Um, and then you get to Sunday, a real heavyweight fight. Just both teams trading blows. State grabs the lead. Ole Miss takes it back. Ole Miss gets the lead. State ties it up. Uh, Ole Miss grabs the lead. And honestly, at 4-2, you felt like, I don't know, the state was not hitting. And you thought, okay, they might be in, in real trouble here. And then, boom, the ninth inning happened. Mike and, Bianco had his Ed Orgeron moment. Oh, uh, yeah. He where, had, where, you, where you got him fourth and whatever, and you decide to go for it or whatever, and you just made a boneheaded decision. Because I, I don't get his bullpen moves. I don't get it at what, all. This is what, and if you look at Ole Miss people on Twitter, they're saying the same thing. We talked about it earlier, that he pl- it was played – Perfectly. You've only used one reliever going into the bottom of the sixth. You have your whole bullpen available. And in a must-win situation, you, you go to the, the kids, uh, Zach Mallets, who just last weekend gave up a bunch of runs to Arkansas. When you've got Taylor Broadway, you've got Wes Burton, you've got Austin Miller, just sitting there, ready to come in, and you go with a guy who's, I mean, he's just not a proven commodity. It would have been very much like in that situation, State with Landon Sims ready to go, decided not only to not go to like Stinnett or Harding or something, but to go to somebody like Davis Rocos. Just somebody who, that was not the moment to bring a true freshman in with the crowd starting to get into it, with the pressure on. And what happens? It unravels on them and it ends up with a Tanner Allen RBI triple, which was enthralling to watch uh, live. Uh, and State gets the win 7-5. to five. Credit to the bullpen there. Houston Harding makes one mistake. Uh, he was he pitched well, really well. Two, but yeah. <laughs> he, Leatherwood got him twice. Was that right? Yeah, the solo homer in the fourth and the two-run homer in the sixth. I thought Fristo gave up the, the solo. Mm-mm. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> I mean, if you're right, you're right. But uh, I thought Houston Harding pitched pretty well. I said just... You know, he, it was two two when he when he gives up the home run, the second home run, um, and then you know Stinnett battled, had had some issues, but got out of it, and then Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith has been victimized by his defense at least three times this year. Yeah, he's, but he's again, had some bad luck. got out of it, and then set the stage for the first time this season to use Landon Sims in a second uh, game, and uh, he had to battle a little defensive woe there too. He there did. for a minute, should should have been out of the inning, but. I was never worried with Landon Sims out You're there. You're really not, are you? And, and I, that's what I was thinking, too, as you watched Landon Sims pitch. I, I'm trying to think, man. Like When Holder used to come on... Holder would give you some drama. He, you would have a little drama on occasion. Because his stuff was good, but it wasn't but it this wasn't, overpowering yeah. fastball. With Landon, you just feel like, go ahead and... Write your story. You know, go ahead and put the period at the Ling- end of the sentence. Lingren was sort of that way, but Lingren's wildness 
would make it difficult sometimes. Yeah. But you knew from a hitability standpoint, they weren't going to hit the baseball. Landon is that way. He's like, they're not going to hit the baseball. You know, they might make contact, but it's not really going to go anywhere. Uh, but for the most part, they're just going to swing and miss. And so, you know, State gets the uh, the series. They're now 10-5 and five in the SEC. They've played 15 games, contrary to popular belief. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you get a credit for winning. You know, you had an awesome weekend, so maybe that's an extra win. You, if you don't know what I'm talking about, and, and no offense to the guy, you know, it's just it's just a mistake he made. But somebody tweeted at me. That I said in my tweet that State was 10-5 and five in the SEC, and the guy's like 11-5. and five. And I thought for a second, like, am I wrong? And I was like, they've played three five-game series. <laughs> How are they 11-5? and five? So I was like. Sorry, that was a little bit of a smarty yes, but uh, you know it is what it <laughs> don't, is. Don't worry, I, and I don't I don't know who you were, but uh, he's always that way. So I, I, yeah, I just, that's just who he resist. is. Um, I was I was I got our, our one of our great listeners, Will McAnally, Whit McAnally, said some other. They said they were reviewing it in Birmingham, or so like the decision comes from Birmingham. I was like, well, they don't have to mail it to from there. What's taking so long? <laughs> I was like, and he and he comes. He's like, I wasn't trying to be a smart ass, and I was like. Yeah, well, I kind of was. <laughs> you know, at least, you're, like, at least you're honest. It was time for a joke. Let's let's break up the monotony here. State's game out of first. In State's the game SEC out of first, way. and Sunday's game is the same as Friday's game. You know, they had they had some some mistakes pitching. The pitching wasn't as good, but it was about timely hitting. You know, if you had told me that in the the bottom of the sixth, down two in a game where you you felt like you just couldn't quite get a foothold. That you were going to get singles from Logan Tanner, Josh Hatcher, Braylon Skinner, and Scotty DeBrule to tie the game. <laughs> I would not have believed you. I'll just go ahead and tell you right now that I was in the press box with, for DeBrule coming up saying, I can't believe they're not going to pinch hit here. Let's let's talk. Let's go back a second. Yeah. Well, well we can talk about him, too. Yeah. Because that's kind of where, where I want to go here yeah. for a minute. Because we haven't talked I, about Hatcher I, sitting I, that's on, what su- I on Sunday. Yeah. I kind of feel vindicated. I think you got to leave Josh Hatcher in the I, I, At this point, yeah. Because... He proved his worth. Maybe the hits aren't there, but defensively he needs to be the out The play there. he made in the, was it seventh inning? Yeah. Luke Hancock, Luke Hancock doesn't make that play. Mm-hmm. And and, they, and, and Luke Hancock didn't make a play on, on, the day Saturday. before. They got the game started. Yeah, so, which, I mean, I don't think you lose the which, game. by the way, with Luke but, Hancock, rough weekend for him. Hitless. 0 for 11, I believe. Yeah, I think he's like 0 for his last 14 Yeah, he's, he's, he's I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of struggling. Here. That's it. I've seen Luke Hancock. Yeah, he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. But, he'll be fine. But, but Hatcher has to stay in the lineup. No yeah. doubt about and it. And he had I a couple think. hit. He had a, at least one hit today. So, yeah, just leave him out there. He'll be fine. And then DeBrule, you know, he had a, I think he had a, the, the double on Friday night that sort of got things going there late. And then on Him uh, slapping that ball to left to tie the game, man. That yeah. Was, that was it. Was O two? Yeah, that was an O two pitch. I mean, right then, I'm telling you right now, if 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 I had to bet my children's life that he wouldn't get a hit there, both much, I'd have a lot of explaining to do to my wife right this second <laughs> of why that happened. But I mean, I, I was just taking a and I, like I said, I really thought I was like I would pinch it like Kite McDonald here and then let Leggett go play second, you know, defensively, and DeBrule just got the job, and then he got another hit in, in the uh, in in the eighth. So once again. Chris Limonis proves he, he just has a knack for these decisions. In-game decisions is a strength of Chris Limonis. Is that a fair statement? Well, I think that that's part of the reason Mississippi State wins this series is because Chris Limonis is a better in-game coach than Mike Bianca. I agree with that. I mean, there's no there's no arguing that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add other than if I've got a, you know, if we're doing a draft here today and I got to have a head coach and I got to pick between those two guys, it's a no-brainer. And oh, by the way, Lamonis is a pretty darn good recruiter too. So <laughs> you get the best of all worlds with Chris Lamonis. So 
I mean, when you talk about balancing out the two teams and what makes the difference on a weekend like this, some of it's the decisions that you make. And look, ain't no doubt about it. Chris Lamonis made some of the right ones, putting Josh Hatcher back in the lineup on Sunday and, I mean, you know, sticking with Scotty DeBrule and, you know, fill out what decision you want. But Mike Bianco made some bad ones that didn't work out. And I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, and – you know, if what's his name, Mallets, comes in there and shoves it up state's rear end, maybe, you know, you, you pat Bianco on his head and say, good job, little buddy, or something. I don't know what you tell him, but, <laughs> you, you know, th- his decision blew up in his face, and Chris Lamonis just didn't. And that's that's part of winning baseball, is having a coach knows when to put guys in the lineup and when not to and when to stick with guys and when not to. And Chris Lamonis, uh, I mean – if you start talking about MVPs of the weekend, he's up there. Yeah, no question about it. So, really good weekend for Mississippi State. Now, 27-8 and eight overall, I believe, is the record. I think that's right. I wrote it a while ago. Yeah, 10-5 and five in the SEC. I know that's right. And uh, <laughs> now, another big week, you know, midweek against UAB, and now you travel to Vanderbilt. And it's all about... I guess you're only a... Are you a game behind Vandy? Is that right? I believe you're a, ga- you're a game behind Vandy and Arkansas. Arkansas is the same, same record. Arkansas and Vandy are tied. Uh, I think that's right. Actually, that's I think Vandy may be two up. I, I, I'll look and see. I think they may be twelve and five, twelve and three. Excuse me. Well, I mean, no, they lost one to South Carolina. They lost one to Tennessee. Tennessee, and they one lost to Georgia. Two to, two Georgia. to Georgia. That's right. Okay, so maybe they, you're right. They're, they're they're eleven and four, and so is Arkansas. So we are we are Mississippi State is one game behind them. Of course, they don't. Have, you know, they have to be a game ahead of Arkansas to win the conference because of the head to head. Sort of an interesting thing here in that Arkansas doesn't play Vanderbilt, but Mississippi State does, and so whatever happens in this series affects Arkansas too. Not in terms of just you know if State could somehow get a couple of games, maybe Arkansas could move ahead. But if they if they, I, I think I'm right in saying that if Arkansas and uh, Vanderbilt are tied at the end of the year. However, the series goes, might the common opponent might play a role in the tiebreaker. So, if State loses or wins one game, that might be enough to give Arkansas the title. I don't know. Bottom line is, everybody got 15 games left to play. Long yeah. way to go, and State's only a game out of first place in the West and overall standings. Yeah. So, just win baseball games. Win one game this weekend is enough. I'd, you'd love to get two. You'd love to win the series. But winning series on the road is tough, especially when you're going to face Rocker and Lighter. Well, I'll tell you what, too. Winning a game this weekend, this is me going out on a limb because it ain't like I've talked to the NCAA baseball committee, but it feels like yeah, it if feels, you win yeah, a game yeah. this weekend, you're national seed. For sure. And then your last 12 games are at home against A&M, on the road at South Carolina, at home against Missouri, and at Alabama. You have to feel pretty confident in your ability to go 9-3 and three in that in that 12-game span. If you go nine and three, if you get one this weekend, and then you go nine and three, twenty and ten, you're twenty and ten. You are a for sure top five national. Of course, a lot of those wins that you're referencing, it would have already been. Well, I don't know about. We still have. We don't know for sure, but there's no way they're announcing. How can you announce seeding at this point? What happens if if something crazy happens and Rocker and Lighter get hurt, and Vanderbilt drops, you know, eight of its last, last nine or something? You can't seed them yet. You just have to announce the sites. I'm going to make a note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My goal for this week on Thunder and Lightning is to try to find somebody that can answer the question for me. When the NCAA announces these sites here on, I think, the week of May the 10th, are they just announcing 16 sites? I think that's or are they announcing be. 16 sites plus the eight super regional right. sites? I don't, I, I'm almost positive that it's just going to be the sites. 
And no, they're going to announce the Super Regional sites, but the, I don't know then. That's a good point. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to try to answer because I don't know. I'm not either, but it's my goal. It's Joel T. Coleman's stated goal here on Thunder and Light and try and find the answer to that question this week. We'll figure it out. All right. Let's move on over. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Some of y'all told me in the, in the lounge this week and you were, you were grilling Welcome Home Beef products, and that made me very happy to hear. Uh, and, of course, you know I know some of you guys are hitting up the food truck because I saw some of the pictures again on social media. Such a great place here in Starkville for us to have, a great place to go grab food that you can cook for your family or a great place to just go pick something up for yourself however you want to do it. They are a great local business. We are glad you've been supporting them. Let's continue to do so. And they are going to continue to put great food out for you guys to enjoy. Call Welcome Home Beef today and find out what they can do for you. 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Find out why Welcome Home Beef knows one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. I don't even need to say anything about two brothers. I don't even really need to to advertise for those guys, to be honest with you. I should just take their money and, oh yeah, I did the ad. But but (laughs) that place was packed all weekend long. If you got into two brothers, God bless you. They were they were turning them away. That crawfish boil like was a huge success. And of course, all the good times that you can have at Two Brothers, all the great food you can enjoy, and the great atmosphere. That place was rocking this weekend. Thanks to you guys for showing up and packing them out. Let's keep doing it. Keep doing it every weekend. You're up here in Starkville. Next weekend, not next weekend, but the weekend after uh, for Texas A&M. Let's do it again. Should be a huge series for the Bulldogs and their hosting chances. So, Two Brothers, Smoked Meats, Smoked Southern Soul Food. That's the place to party here in Starkville. Advantage Business Systems wants you to know that, hey, they've got you covered. Anything you're looking for to upgrade at your business, any kind of technology needs that you need to have a look at, Advantage Business Systems has a solution for you. And they've been doing that kind of thing for nearly 50 years, helping businesses all across our state. They are a local business, helping Mississippians, helping them grow their business. So why don't you give them a call today and find out how they can help you. Call them at 601 362-9192 362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You'll find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Joel, we have been behind. No reason to wait. Let's catch up right now. All right, since we last updated you, Mississippi State has added two more defensive backs to the uh, class of 22. We'll start with Jordan Thomas, a six foot two, 190 pounder out of Montgomery Catholic Preparatory High School in Montgomery, Alabama. You can't go wrong with good Catholic high school football players. They are the the lunch pail group they are the backbone of any successful organization yeah okay are, are you saying that state missed out on a couple of high profile linemen from St. Al back in high profile is an interesting term uh, I don't know I don't and I, and I know y'all got you guys won't believe this was my weight but I don't know there was a large market for 5, 10, 210 pound offensive tackles I've seen the pictures man Brian Haydad was a lean mean some kind of machine. Walking machine, I guess. I don't know. No, I don't know about all that. Uh, but Jordan Thomas, uh, a pretty good player, pretty good offer sheet uh, for the youngster. Uh, I mean, again, State getting guys with Power 5 offers, that's what you want to see. Indiana, uh, South Carolina, <laughs> Tennessee, uh, Central Florida, 
These are good quality offers. I think you and I have some of the, have like one of the same things that we do when state gets a commit. Mm-hmm. I don't even look at the stars. I look to see who else offered. I look to see who offered. Them. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I do have a little little trick that I do that I don't really care how committable an offer is. When I write my article, I pick the four best. And if Ole Miss is in there, Ole Miss is always in there. <laughs> they always pick the Bulldogs over Ole Miss, and I don't care where it's if, – if it's got a yes or a check mark by Alabama, Auburn, and LSU, then he picked Mississippi State over Ole Miss, Alabama, yeah. Auburn, and LSU. Yeah. Yes, I look at the offers. Jordan Thomas picked Mississippi State probably at least in, in some part because his teammate did too because Kylan Griffin is from the same place. Yes, yeah, and they're very, very close. Um, but he – a pretty – you know – this is a mid-three-star guy with Power 5 offers. State's been getting mid-three-star guys for the past 10 years, but they haven't had Power 5 offers. Yep. They've been getting mid-three-star guys with offers from Louisiana Lafayette and Louisiana Tech and Troy. Now you're getting guys that other Power 5 schools, including SEC schools, want to grab. Tyler Woodard is the other uh, defensive back commitment. Uh, Just loading up in that defensive back. They had man. to. They missed out so badly last year. They had to make it a priority. And the funny thing about them is – they, they they feel good about another, I think, two defensive backs, right? But there are a couple of more they would take and just figure it out. If Kamari Rogers says, I want to be a Bulldog, he's going to be a Bulldog. If Jacoby Matthews wants to be a Bulldog, he's going to be a Bulldog. And then you just figure it out from there. You know, maybe somewhere else you just got to tell somebody, you know, tough luck. Uh, but Woodard, a uh, uh, six foot, uh, two, 186-pound defender, good list for him. Call it what you will, but Alabama, Arkansas, Baylor, Florida State, LSU, uh, Missouri, Ole Miss, Oregon, uh, South Carolina, Tennessee. These are all offers this kid had. Uh, pretty impressive prospect. We, I give credit in terms of this. It's one thing to say, look, we have a obvious need at this position in this class. It is another thing to go out and get players to do it, and it's yet another thing to go out and get players that have quality offers. I mean, they could just go out and find – six defensive backs who had no better offer than Mississippi State and just take it and say, okay, we filled the class. State's going out and getting guys that look like they can play. Yeah. So that's a good thing for Mississippi State. Uh, State's class – and this is the other thing that you have to like right now. That's what I was looking up. (laughs) I think you're going where I was looking. State's class right now is ranked 16th nationally. And I I know what you're saying out there. It's so early and blah, blah, blah. What was this class ranked a year ago at this time? It was in the 40s or 50s, right? And they had to grind their way to what they finished twenty six something like that. You're at sixteen right now. I mean, technically, I believe they're ahead of Alabama. <laughs> now that's not going to last. Al- Alabama's four spots ahead. Okay. Yeah. The, the, I, when I was on uh, uh, three man front the other day, State was ahead of Alabama. Maybe mm-hmm. Alabama picked up a commitment between us. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. State is in a position where they haven't gotten their big targets yet. When you look at the guys who they expect to commit to this class, this is pretty easily going to be a top 20 class when, when all is said and done. If State pulls in Xavier Harris and Stone Blanton and Don Terry Russell, Bryson Hurst, R.J. Moss. They're, out, they're not out of the game, I, I don't think, on Mr. Preston. Sh- uh, Shaz Preston, Preston, a big-time receiver. You know, His brother is Sean Preston. They're not totally out of the game on Kamari Rogers. I don't, although I don't think that's going to happen for them. Um, yeah. When, and they still haven't, you know, the quarterback is not committed yet. And that's a guy, I think that there's a little bit of Mike Leach bump. I don't know that he's going to go to like a five-star or anything, but I think the kid Braden Locke is a high three-star right now. He could end up as a low four-star. 
this is going to be a top 20 class if everything holds together for Mississippi State. And that will easily be the best class of the Mike Leach experience at any stop. So sort of what Mike Leach told us in his opening press conference is coming true. That one of the reasons he was attracted to this job was the idea that the recruiting footprint was better than he'd ever had access to before. And he's taken advantage of it. This staff is a good recruiting staff at this time. Now, things could change. They could bomb at the end. You never know. But right now, everything looks like the state's going to have a really good class that also does a good job of filling some needs. I mean, right now, when you look at the Mike Leach experience, the Mike Leach era at Mississippi State, you can really only say four negative things about it. Rush three, drop eight. Yeah. That's it. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's recruiting well. Uh, I mean, you see some progress on the field. Um, you saw it at the end of last year. I, I, right now, you just kind of got to feel like things are going in the right direction. And I know that's kind of a scary place for a state fan to to put their feet and say, you know, be optimistic about something. But, I mean, it is. You, you look at re- recruiting rankings and the type of offers that these guys got. and It's, I mean, if you like to be a sunshine pumper, it's easy to be one right now, mm-hmm. to, to, to be honest. And uh, we'll see if state can finish. You know, I, I know last year there was obviously some some late drama with whether it was MJ Daniels, who enjoyed a great baseball atmosphere in Starkville this weekend, by the way. Uh, we didn't even talk about that. My favorite part of that was Jacques Jones tweeting you got back a at him. We got a scrimmage tomorrow. <laughs> so Ole Miss had a scrimmage on Saturday, but MJ Daniels was in Starkville on Friday night it, it, enjoying the best baseball atmosphere he had ever been a part of. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Ooh, dog. You know, we all know, remember the late drama with, with he and with. Uh, no, with Strong going to LSU and, yeah. and, and things like that. I mean, we'll see if State can finish the deal with this mm-hmm. class, but, I mean, it's hard not to look at what's going on with Mississippi State right now and positive. not feel like it's trending in the and right direction. one other thing to remember is last year when you did have all those issues, for the most part, you were able to find guys to equal, replace them. Equal or better. I mean, you yeah. did the The only you one did the you graphic. didn't was, was MJ Daniels, unless you want to count Jalen Green. With his replacement, and if you do, and based on, and I don't want to go too far down the road because we'll talk about it tomorrow. But based on what I saw this weekend, Jalen Green's a good football player. Yeah. So yeah, state, you know, they're, the state's coaches did a good job of having backup plans that were viable backup plans. Again, going back to Mullen, how many times did you lose a guy late and you just go pick somebody off of the uh, South Alabama commitment list and say, well, I hope he good, he's good. State was going out and flipping guys from West Virginia or not uh, Virginia Tech. And places like that a year ago in South Carolina. So, right now, it's sort of funny. I thought that State would just be successful offensively immediately, but they would continue to struggle to recruit. And I was completely wrong on that, 100% backwards. <laughs> so, they're recruiting well. We'll see what was here it goes. And then, the big news for recruiting is in the, on the men's basketball side. Garrison Brooks... The transfer from North Carolina. We are all familiar with the recruiting drama that that encircled him. Uh, originally signed with Mississippi State, was let out of his letter of intent. A lot of rumors as to why that is. We probably can figure out the the, the, the drama there. But uh, will now officially finally play his final season of college basketball here in Starkville with his dad George Brooks as the assistant coach. That's a big time get for Mississippi State. State in the front court now with Tolu Smith and uh, and Garrison Brooks with Derek Fountain and Cam Matthews backing those guys up, JV and Davis, and maybe more to come. Possibly as soon as today, I think. I believe that announcement is made today. DJ Jeffries is supposed to make his announcement. 
All indications are that that will be to Mississippi State. Joel, we talked about it last week. I stand by it. This is a team that I not only expect the tournament from, it is a team I expect to be in the high seed, you know, four to four or higher SEC championship contending seeds. If they can't do that, that's going to be a black mark against Ben Hallen. And if they don't make the tournament somehow, then that's going to be the end of Ben Hallen. But I don't see, as we sit here today, this team, I hate saying they're too big to fail because these aren't five-star lottery picks that you're putting out there. But this is a darn good college basketball team you're putting together for 2021-22. It's deep. It's got some possible high-end talent. I mean, it's it's what you want. Uh, and you're exactly right. Uh, the expectation should be comfortably in the NCAA tournament. I really think you can say that. If if these if these land, you know, Garrison, if DJ Jeffries comes in, we'll see what DJ Stewart does. I don't know if any of this pretends that DJ Stewart might move on or not. I mean, that that obviously impacts things if something like that were to happen. Mm-hmm. But you look at what you think you're going to have in in the cupboard. I mean, yeah, if if state ain't dancing next year, it's an issue. It's an issue. It's an issue. We'll see what happens. All right. Tomorrow's show, like I said, we'll go deeper into the spring game and we'll recap uh, everything that we, we saw there on uh, on Saturday afternoon uh, at Davis Wade Stadium. Rumblings on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, we'll recap baseball and we'll talk about the linebackers. Our, it's, it's, I guess it's post-spring now, but a positional breakdown. Then, of course, Friday, huge series with the Vanderbilt Commodores. We'll tell you all about it. Should be a great week here on uh, Super Talk and on uh, on Thunder Lightning. Don't miss today's Sports Talk Mississippi, where I represent the Little Brothers. I can't wait. I'm going to have a little fun with some folks today on Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are, too. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! the T stands for Tiny Baseball Players. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.